The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Narratives of Purpose podcast. I am your host, Claire Marie Gandhi. On this podcast, I bring you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people who are making extraordinary social impact in their communities or around the world. Our new theme this month is Technology for Good. Now, because I'll have several guests speak about tech in education, in healthcare, and even women in tech, this will be a weekly series throughout the month of August. So watch out for the release of a new episode every week. All right, let's begin by exploring education, technology, or so-called edtech, or even edutech, depending on who you're speaking with. My guest today is Alma Moya Losada. She is the co-founder and the CEO of Equaland, an award-winning edtech startup, which is a storytelling game app developed for children to learn about inclusion, creativity, and critical thinking. In our discussion, we talk about gamifying education and social innovation. Please take a moment to rate and review our show by subscribing on your preferred podcast app. But for now, have a listen to Alma's story and her passion for technology to support greater human potential. Hi, good morning, Alma. How are you today? Hi, Claire. I'm really good. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really happy to have you today because I've been keen on learning a bit more about educational technology or ed tech, as it's often called. And I'd also like to get your perspective more specifically on um, what your startup is doing around inclusion, creativity and critical thinking uh, for children through gamification. But before we dive into all that... Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and share a bit of your background with our listeners? Sure, absolutely. I'm originally from Spain, but I've been living and working in Switzerland for nine years, and I study business and marketing. But I mean, my whole career also working in tech. I started medical devices, then I switched into digital transformation in ed tech in, edu in education. And then I was in a non-profit, and lately it was in video games in virtual reality. And now, since last year, I'm launching my own startup, Equalan, that is kind of the first of its kind social impact edutech focused video game developer. And uh, we want to really create meaningful games uh, that educate uh, and entertain the little ones on inclusion, as, as you say, creativity and sustainable matters. Yeah, and I love the sports. Outside my career, I am really sporty and adventurous. And I've been climbing this weekend. I'm preparing for an Ironman this summer. And I truly believe that the sport also allows us to build our confidence and also support us on being focused, have drive. And it helped me through my entrepreneurial career as well. Wow, that sounds really amazing. I mean, you're preparing for an Ironman. That's, that's quite impressive, I have to say. And I can imagine that this is a way to really, you know, just like maybe some other people would do, I don't know, meditation or any kinds of other physical activity. It's certainly something that helps you throughout your journey as an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's a routine. Like, for example, myself, like I wake up every day. This morning I went for a run. And then I do as well a stretching, kind of a stretching yoga meditation. 15, I, do, I did this morning 15 minutes mobility stretching. It's kind of a yoga type uh, uh, 
exercise and then I went 40 minutes running. So I do believe also, yeah, that's my morning rituals. Stretching plus some exercise uh, can be running, cycling, swimming. And then I start my journey, my day. And uh, these rituals also help to have discipline. Self-discipline is very important when you're a self-entrepreneur, a <laughs> solo entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, uh, and I... Uh, but even also to achieve half like Ironman or any type of competition mm-hmm. also helps to have a goal. I have a goal and you have to achieve and then you create a plan to make that achievement. And it's the same with your company, you know, or your job. If you want to be promoted or, or get a better job, or just, okay, how I can get there? And you have yes. a goal and then you make a plan to do it. Absolutely. I think the the key word here for me is also ritual, you know, having like this, this constant practice to make sure that you're really on track on, as you say, the goals that you set for yourself to really achieve your your dream or your your overall objective. So let me start with the first question. Um, I noticed that your company is quite young. So it's fairly young. It was founded in April 2020. So just one year. And I am really curious to know how did you get started you know what led you to found equaland because you mentioned before that you have really a wide uh, background you've been active in different areas why did you focus on edtech and why did you start equaland so that comes from a yeah more a personal thing you know my grandmothers could not have their own bank accounts and not even have the right to vote and this has fueled like my passion and commitment to the equal movement I became a board member at Business Professional Women of Canton de Beau, is to empower women in this region in Switzerland. But when I was there and also on, the, on an NGO for women empowerment as well, uh, called WIN, uh, through these experiences, I'm still aboard, uh, I realized that the roots of the problem of equality were not at the workforce level. And the real roots came from education. And I realized, you know, like, we were all biased, everything is biased, we don't see mm-hmm. things, you know, as they are sometimes. And it's much more than gender, it's, it's inclusion multidimensional, I would say, you have to include LGTB, you have to include race, you have ethnic, like it's, it's, it's much broader, so well, you have to set in this diversity and inclusion foundation early on. And then because I become an auntie, I become a godmother, I was with someone that has a, a little uh, boy, and. So all this uh, make a cocktail. And because of my experience on video games as well, uh, video game industry is very traditional and you have a very strong stereotype, like the super wonderful, powerful uh, heroes, you know, and the super uh, sexualized objects like women are on video games. And it was a mix of many things. And, and also I realized when I was checking out the education that my, ki- my nieces and and, and the son of my ex uh, were having was very like traditional, uh, outdated. COVID has accelerated, you know, this need of connecting the real world with the educational world, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a positive thing uh, that I have seen. But my motivation are like this personal uh, scene of uh, my involvement on the, everything came from the quality thing, you know, on the different, how educate people, and then yeah. realization on, on how we can reduce this difference gap between gender, between races, as well as, I would say, economically, you know, on rural versus urban as well. Because I think, yeah, more and more people in yeah have access to internet, have access to technology, and 
I think education is going to get cheaper as well, thanks to that. I think you're right. No, it's true. It's going to be more and more accessible, not only, I think, in terms of um, of costs, but also in terms of uh, ways of access. I mean, these devices, you know, like many, many years ago, it was through a computer, but today you can virtually do almost everything through a phone. But as you say, um, the system is not really adapted to the new technology. And I see more and more of startups like yours or initiatives that include and embed this, this new technology within education. My question to you now is, what is exactly Equaland? And tell me exactly how is it designed and for what purpose? So the idea of Equaland is we want to create uh, a better world through the games we make. And uh, we dig on the Blue Planet. This was our first foray that is already available on iOS and Android. And it's setting up two planets, the yellow and a colorful planet to guide children through the values of respect, diversity, and inclusion while having always fun, you know. Our goal is really to um, create a positive social impact uh, by furthering children's development uh, and creating this diverse uh, and sustainable multiverse. But this throw is really a way of gamifying education and educating kids on the social skills that they need to drive on the 21st century. Okay, so I see that you're you have this gamification approach, really like children will learn through through playing, and uh, your your app basically is kind of depicting different environments through different planets to address basically the different topics like like uh, sustainability and diversity. So, are you collaborating with schools or with organization, or how do you bring more visibility to this app? I would say. So one of my co-founders is Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca, she's a teacher, a school teacher, and she's our illustrator, but also our uh, teacher lens. Uh, but on our board also, we have a professor from the British Columbia University, and she's more focused on diversity and inclusion and leaders. Uh, and then we have uh, Sandy that is more on, on the digital transformation. We have Benjamin and Kelly from the video game. Uh, we work with a studio in Spain as well for the development. And then for the more research part, we, we are collaborating with Scientific Money. It's an organization based in New York, and there are two researchers, two women, two mothers that are fantastic. And they're also supporting companies on making products that are educational, but at the same that are, you know, like fun. I was just wondering as well, because now you said you have different people on your board, so you have different perspective to see as well how you can, you know, continuously adapt your product. But now since the founding, so that was one year ago, can you already tell what has been the impact or is this just too early days and you're still like in the early phases of your product? Or maybe have you had any feedbacks from some some schools that you've been working with or some other structures? So, yeah, absolutely. The impact, you, we have 1,000 downloads. Half of them are active users. We reach 4,000 followers across all our social media in six months. Uh, so that's already a, a, a big impact. We have also won two awards. Uh, one was one part of the incubator that we have done also a financial support with the, with the prize. Uh, then we also have some nominations. Uh, uh, we have been featured on different media, so that's kind of the impact so far. We have achieved a lot of things in a short period, you know. Uh, we launched our prototype, we have uh, 
a nice reach we haven't really had in a marketing budget. You know, I <laughs> said so my marketing expertise I've been on and my my network and my my sense network and my you know my team network as well. And mm -hmm. So I think for a such a small team, small resources, we've been doing great. But it's true that I is is also as an uh, as an entrepreneur is difficult because I'm the only one working full time and the whole team has other jobs. So it's like they are working 20%, 40%, 30%, is on the needs. So the only one I'm putting is myself. And on that sense, it's, it's, it's difficult to, sometimes to stay in, I call it in my flow. Mm -hmm. in, uh, because on the beginning from April to November last year was, you know, brainstorming, business modeling, Mm -hmm. Prototype launching, creation, and I love I love that ideation, creation. That's my flow, my energy. I like to put people together and create things. But from January to now is finance, fundraising, and I'm really I don't like that. So I can see it because I, you know, <laughs> I've not been succeeding that, much and I have to focus, and it's harder and for me. So I'm I'm getting support from other people now because. I'm not in my flow, and uh, I, I talk with my mentor, and he said, you need someone that is super structured, super organized, that has the skills that you don't have <laughs> to help you on that, you know. Uh, so it's true that also you need to build up a team that is complementary to your strengths, uh, because what happened also with my team, Rebecca is really like me, we are both creative, both of us, we are more on the creative mindset, I would say I'm more like a not a structure rules, very freedom, and and then and then it, it works for the creation because we build a really cool project. Uh, but then you need someone that has like more the the structure and the rigid and the rules and the process. I wanted to come back on something that you you said before, and I'm, I suppose this is something that also encourages you to continue moving in the right direction. Is that you mentioned that you have received several awards in in just a year which is, I have to say, quite um, quite impressive. And uh, I just want to mention two of them. Uh, you were the, the winner of the Global Generational Inclusion Award by Women Tech Network. And another one which was for you and not for the startup, that you were a finalist at the Digital Female Leader Award in 2020 in the EdTech category. So my question to you is, what do these recognition represent uh, apart from perhaps, um, you know, showing that you're on the right track because you're being recognized in this area? For me, it's really, uh, it's not only me, you know, like uh, I'm not here. It's, it's thanks to, to, to all the people are, are believing in me and supporting me. But I would say uh, this prize has also gives me an energy booster. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, is is not only they, they they see that is potential they see that I, I'm on the right track as you say you know it, it gives me the recognition as you say of what I have achieved so far but also gives me the the drive to continue I have to say that I, I see that there is more and more also support for women I do appreciate that we have more and more uh, visibility but what I haven't seen so far I don't I, I haven't had this in my funding there is people some of my board say if you were a man you already have the money or if you were not uh, you know like if you were maybe Swiss you know because I live in Switzerland I would already have the money I don't know how do you see the you know the evolution of edtech or gamification in education as a whole because I can imagine you know as we go through this whole transformation within the digital space and all these new technologies, this has certainly, you know, 
a lot of traction at this point. But I'd like to see your, your perspective on the near future, not in 20 years, but let's say in the next five to 10 years. So gamification is going to be a big thing uh, because it's going to help teachers to get their students uh, motivated, you know. And I see also gamification being applied into business, not only into uh, education. But uh, it's going to massively grow. And we want to be part of that, you know, <laughs> educational growth on the tech space. I see a bit the vision that you have right now for your for your company and really leveraging and combining all the new technologies as, as they as they become more accessible. Building up on that and coming back to what we've been speaking about since the beginning, you know, about inclusion and diversity and also access to internet for all these different education tools. It's not obvious that everybody has the same access to internet. So Do you think that the gap will increase because some countries or some, you know, some uh, in some areas, this is going to advance very quickly and in not, in not in other areas? What is your take on that? You absolutely. So there is a digital di divide, you know, and it's increasing because of COVID. So you have, uh, because of COVID, many people like all, all in Europe and all the Western countries, we got, we moved from, Uh, yeah, face-to-face -face classes or meetings and stuff to online because we all have computers, uh, mobiles, uh, smartphones and stuff and internet at home so we could uh, continue our learning or work. But it's true that on the rural or not developing countries, they don't have that access. So the, the, there is a, the gap has increased on that sense. But on the other hand, I was in South Africa, you know, like uh, in April, and actually uh, there is more and more access to, to your smartphones. Even on rural areas, like they don't maybe have an iMac or MacBook like I do, but they do have a, a, a telephone, you know, a smartphone. But it's true, for example, I was talking in South Africa with someone and, and he explained to me, like, you know, your app will be awesome because, yeah, my, you know, my, my, my friends could access to it on my family members. But what they, they say to me, like, internet is very expensive for them, you know, like, for yes. the providers. And he told me, you could have, like, with the telecom company, you know, say, okay, Equalan has me free, you know, to download <laughs> so they can play to and uh, get an agreement with these telecom companies because mm -hmm. education, you know, has to be free access to these people as well. And I say, yeah, well, I will, you know, to try to bring, you know, to South Africa and I will try to use maybe to work with telecom companies also to, to get this access, you know, uh, and not uh, because actually Equaland, you, you need to have Wi-Fi to download the app, but then when if all the content is off, offline, so it's going to work. Okay. You only need it to, 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 to download the content actually. So there is a fine line uh, that it also like increases these gaps, uh, but also there is like It allows us to make education cheaper, better education, more accessible, and things like that. I do believe for me, Equaland as well, is like I want to make good games, a good educational, a good education platform for everyone to have access, you know, because what I'm trying to build about inclusion, sustainability, da, 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 or mm -hmm. people, with, people with money, they already have this type of education. They are less biased, you know, because they, you know, like if you go to a private school, you get virtual reality headset, augmented reality tools, 
you get, you know, uh, about sustainability, you do problem solving, you, you focus on creativity, innovation, they talk about diversity, you know, like, they are already on that sense. For me, it's more people that have less access that are more biased, and it's like this more patriarchal education, and, and you, I know girls have to do this, and boys have to do that, and that's yeah. you are you have this divide. Well, in richer families, you have, like, yeah, women can be an astronaut, and, like, it's more open, and and there is not that bias that you have to get married kids that quickly, or there is, it's very different. Yeah. So I hope we all together make a push on, make good products, cheap products, and accessible for everyone. Yeah, that's really a great ambition, and I, I hope that you, you can achieve it. I'm sure you will. One thing I just want to, to ask you as well, and perhaps this is more larger question, you were just mentioning about unconscious bias, all these biases. And I realized the other day, I mean, just like you, I also have some, some nieces and nephew, and two of them are quite small. And uh, it's a boy and a girl. And I realized that at some point, I just caught myself, um, you know, speaking differently to the girl and to the boy, which I didn't realize I was doing until I kind of heard myself. I don't know what happened there. And this reminded me of, of something that, you know, when, when I was a teenager, people would say, oh, my goodness, you've grown, you're so tall now. And when I became an adult, I was also saying the same thing to younger people. So by that, I mean that, you know, we, we unconsciously do things without even being aware of it, because this is what we have seen in our environment. And so the question is, do you think that your app or more of these um, new technologies through education are going to be helping uh, not avoid that bias, but change that bias? Because in the end, it's mostly the adult people who are also, you know, putting on the bias in educating the children. You see what I mean? Exactly. That's one of the things I want to tackle. And there has been social experiments, uh, that there is great things that have been down out there, uh, that uh, I really like, and, and we want to include that on the process of uh, on the products that we build is also to help that to to break these bias and and to open up the eyes. You know, like I shared a post the last week about uh, the blue eyes, brown eyes exercise they did uh, in one school in the U.S. Uh, uh, and then I found it like super powerful how we can maybe you know like make exercises or games or stuff that can make you realize you know how we make decisions on how we treat people differently, how we do things. And so, you know, that this, you know, it, it, you cannot treat different people differently because of the color of their eyes. Uh, and that applies, you can uh, then apply to sexual orientation or, or the color of the skin or doesn't matter, or the gender even. So uh, I think, yeah, that's something that we will, we will, we're going to include in, in, in our product. Absolutely. How to, to, to reduce this bias uh, on kids, uh, so they are more uh, conscious about their decisions, about their impact in other people and and, uh, and on the earth. Yeah, absolutely. And also help parents also to see that. That was my point exactly. It's m mostly the adults that are kind of putting on the bias through through the education of the children, who will then you know repeat that themselves at a later time point. It's adults that name things this way. For kids, it's just another friend, you know, exactly. called Ramit, and that's the name, or it's called uh, Lucy or whatever name, you know, depending on the country and the culture, but it's, it's just a name, it's, and it's a person. They don't, uh, the, the other layers is added by, 
by adults and it's what happens is kids they start to learn about that from five onwards you know before mm -hmm. that they don't really they just see humans can you briefly explain um you you just said before that you posted something about this this experiment and this um uh, about uh, blue eye brown eye can you just explain to to our listeners what what that is yeah but that's a school teacher that uh, what she did uh, after uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King, she she wanted to do an exercise in the classroom to also make aware that uh, there are students about discrimination and uh, and then what she did to make them aware how white people treat black people differently. So what she did is the first day on this when they arrived to the school after the assassination, she said, okay, today the blue-eyed people here in this classroom are superior to the brown-eyed people. So the blue eye people today have more paid time, they will be done and so they, they, she, she set up some rules, you know how they are different and by saying that blue eye people were superior and the following day they did the same but she said okay today she realized that brown eye people are superior to blue eye people and, and that's what happened on the second day and on the third day she talked to them and said okay so there is no you know superiority on blue-eyed people, we are all the same. And how do you feel about what happened, you know, the other day? And the students say, okay, oh, you know, like they call me brown eyes. And that was like, an, I was like, they feel really like it was a, an insult. A very, like, they call me brown eyes. <laughs> like, they call me, you know, something really bad. And yeah. it's like, and they, the kids, they were like, It's impressive how they discriminate each other so quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then how they, they feel really bad because being treated inferior, you know, or superior. And also they, they, she, she, they have to do activities throughout the day. And actually, the ones that were superior, they were faster. And the ones that are inferior, they, they, were, they took longer to do the same exercise. Oh, wow. Yeah. And because you feel that you are inferior, that They were not concentrated on that because they even put a collar into the ones that they were inferior. So all these experiments really realized that you can, you know, excel because you think you are better and stronger. Mm -hmm. And you do the reverse thing when you feel that you are less qualified. Uh, so believing in yourself is very important as well. And believing mm -hmm. what you are capable of. And uh, and this exercise is super simple, but it's super powerful and uh, a strong lesson, I guess, for yes. all these kids. Because after all, it's like, okay, as you didn't want to treat, you know, because it's, you have to experience it yourself. No, I absolutely agree with you. I think everything is about experience indeed. And, and that experiment, that exercise is quite powerful and insightful, and especially for, for children to learn that at a young age, because... You know, you can see it from adults, but if you don't live it, again, coming back to your own experience is a totally different story. So, Alma, we are slowly coming to the end. But before I let you go, I have a few questions for you. So it's time for my quick preview. So what I like to do uh, on my podcast is to kind of get a sneak peek into either the music that you listen to or the books. So are you ready for my questions? Yes. Please go ahead. 
Okay. Okay. Question number one. Um, what is the music that you listen very often to at this moment? Or if you're not really a music person, what is the book that you are reading right now? I'm a music lover. So I'm really into music and I listen to music all the time. So I'm super big, big fan and user of Spotify. <laughs> and I have like many, many different playlists. So for like... I have set up different playlists and it's like, for example, for my sport routines, you know, I listen to house music, saxophone, house music, drum and bass, sometimes rock. For my mobility, stretching, I listen to Indian or ethnic music, sounds of nature. When I'm working, I usually listen to electronica or chill out lounge music. While cooking, Saguenac, I listen to acoustic jazz, soft <laughs> rock of rock or pop or when I'm driving I can listen like I like a lot of Afrobeat like uh, Melvito, Burna Boy or Lakira and then rock and roll or classics also like Steam, Police, U2. So very 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 eclectic and depending on on the moment. The second question now is probably also a follow-up on that. Um, is there like a specific song or a specific artist that has resonated with you in a specific time in your life? It's more than a song on an album. It's my playlist. It's a playlist that I call my boost playlist. And I, 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 I would say I would recommend to anyone to have a everyone to have a list like that to, to boost an energy booster you know like when you are down or you are not in your flow or you need and this kind of so I have songs like Barbara Streisand by Dark Sauce All Star by Smash Mode or In a Mountain High Enough by Martin Gay things like that Raining Day or I Will Survive or these type of songs uh, are powerful and this is me I will recommend that that to create your your energy booster playlist wow that's great that's a great idea and a great recommendation so my last question is do you have a specific album or a specific band that you absolutely recommend for listeners to listen to or would you be willing to share your uh, playlist with us i am happy to publish my list if they are not published uh, to to make it public anyway so my more than an album or book i think it's really i would say listen to music Uh, it's great and music is my tip is uh, listen to music there is a quote that I like you say life is one grand song so start the music on thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much for sharing your journey with Equaland and all your perspective on edtech and what you see for the future would you like to say your final words before we close uh, well thank you Claire for having uh, me And I, one thing I would say to your listener is like, listen to your heart. And if you want to really do something, uh, doesn't matter if it's professional or, or personal, it's just you can make it work or make a plan. You know, like Iron Man for me was like, oh, it's impossible to do something like that. And it's just by making a plan, we are capable of anything. Human potential is, is beautiful and uh, and the limit is only in our you know in uh, is uh, us the only limit so i would recommend like dream big and and go for it and it's just a matter of making a plan and i do believe i'm gonna make happen equivalent uh, to the next level so i'm just making a plan to to make it work wow those are really beautiful words dream big and make it happen 
Well, I'm sure you'll make it happen. And by the way, I think we should probably rename Iron Man into Iron Woman as well. <laughs> or make it gender neutral. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much, Alma. Take care, bye-bye. Bye-bye, have a good day. Ciao. That was episode 14, a conversation with Alma Moya Losada. Alma is truly an action-driven woman. She is a committed social entrepreneur with her dedication for setting gender-equal foundations early on in childhood. You can download the beta version of Equaland on the App Store or Google Play to test it yourself or with your children. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to this new episode. I appreciate you taking the time. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter so you can stay informed about all our activities. We also look forward to continue engaging with you on all our social media platforms. Simply follow us on Facebook at Narratives of Purpose, on Instagram at Narratives of Purpose underscore podcast, and on LinkedIn at Narratives of Purpose podcast. Join me again next week for the second episode focusing on EdTech. I will be speaking with another startup founder based in Mauritius. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay well, and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios. 